Hello and welcome to the Titter Tatter Pitter Patter Pod, or more sensibly known as the Patter Pod. My name's Luke and I'm joined by Ewan, Jamie and Sean to talk about the rank insincerity of COVID denialism. The conversation branches into many different topics, as I'm sure you can imagine. We even end with a nice mention of Marcus Rashford. Please excuse any microphone crackle and pop. Our worthy goal is, of course, to strengthen the body of our discussions, and that really demands we get to grips with all these technical appendages. We hope our weakness in that area doesn't detract from your enjoyment of the pod. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you for your patience. This podcast starts with a personal note to no one in particular. When we at the Patter Pod decided to talk about covid to explore hesitantly the COVID denier claims of totalitarian overthrow or whatever other nonsense they're pushing, it became apparent to me for the first time that when considering big topics of discussion, somebody might actually listen to what we have to say. Having never previously considered the audience, it was a shock to be met face on with even the prospect of a listener. To be as clear as I can here, I'm not describing the anxiety of having the public listen to or scrutinise. The manner of scrutiny is important, our oh-so-profound but mostly inane babble. Although we do, of course, appreciate that there must be some element of responsibility in creating this quote-unquote content. I'm instead only talking here about a general concept of the audience that in these early stages of the podcast is woefully underdeveloped. And that's perhaps unsurprising. I like to think that over time we'll ask if even these vain performances require an audience. And if so, well, what will the character of that audience be? All I can say at this stage is that I'll feel terribly embarrassed if anyone listening in agrees with me. Considering what's about to come next, I hope we can demonstrate over the course of the podcast that a sincere engagement a sincere inquiry into any subject is vitally more important and valuable than pretentious suppositions. Okay, now here's the real disclaimer. This week on the podcast, we sat down to talk about COVID-19. Particularly, we wanted to address some of the conspiracy shite we had heard on COVID denier anti-lockdown pages. From even a cursory glance, it became quite clear that these were deeply connected. To be against the lockdown had its irrational justification in denying the severity of the COVID crisis. They go hand in grubby hand. If COVID is nothing but a bad flu, then this lockdown is clearly motivated by a far greater, far more sinister plan. COVID, as they have it, is simply the excuse scheming governments have been waiting for to bring about their totalitarian takeover. And look at us now, caught in the twisting whirlpool of disorder, meant to crush the free-spirited among us and to make way for total communist domination. Now, There are plenty of entertaining channels on YouTube who make a sport of debunking this sort of pish. You can imagine already the basic structure of these videos. The noble host takes the position of a pop science communicator and they subject the nonsense claims from a flat earther or from a Bible fundamentalist to often the most rudimentary scientific examination And well, to no surprise, the claims for a flat earth or whatever are exposed as bullshit. I think when we sat down to look at the false claims around COVID, we had this sort of project in mind. We could go through their claims systematically and expose each one to the harsh light of science. But there's a problem with that. First of all, there is clearly an endless repository of bullshit to debunk. If that's the MO of your YouTube channel, well then, congratulations. Endless 
content requiring the most minimum of effort awaits YouTube stardom ahead for the endlessly smug and complacent host who can ceaselessly derive pleasure from exposing an idiot. Exposing the same idiot multiple times over, in fact. Second, and no doubt an overriding feature of the whole discussion, despite your best efforts, conspiracy loons are not swayed by evidence. There is no evidence that can overturn what they've decided to believe in, in direct contradiction to the evidence. And there's the rub. There's something quite meek or even disingenuous in simply debunking, in simply rubbishing someone's claims when they are in fact performing a much more impressive act of intellectual dishonesty. They have decided what they want to believe and so their understanding of the world around them must be made to fit what they've already convinced themselves of. The best, most effective debunk then, if you like, is not just to scientifically expose, to contradict their claims, but to present a completely different system of thinking. A system contingent on an open and sincere examination of the world we live in. It becomes a discussion of not whether I like your claims or not, whether or not your claims conform to my worldview or not. It becomes a discussion who can demonstrate the best mode of understanding. Thomas Paine said, infidelity does not consist in believing or in disbelieving. It consists in professing to believe what he does not believe. It is impossible to calculate the moral mischief that mental lying has produced in society. When a man has so far corrupted and prostituted the chastity of his mind as to subscribe his professional belief to things he does not believe, he has prepared himself for the commission of every other crime. If you look at the COVID situation currently in the UK and then profess openly with terrible arrogance that this is just a bad flu season, you're not just making a claim that can easily be debunked. You're committing an amoral crime because you're not examining the world honestly. If you profess to, to see all around you the impending doom of a 1984-style world brought about by COVID, don't worry, you already believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. You've already convinced yourselves. Okay, let's get into it. Right, that's a fucking disclaimer out of the way. And... <laughs> That's touching upon an idea that is actually at the root of the podcast. I can the root of the, or the root of like putting information out there. And I had never thought about it until now because I had never actually thought of there being an audience. Yeah, I never thought there'd be anybody listening in. Right. Okay, so on to the fucking COVID shit. On to the fucking COVID 19 <laughs> shit. Right. So. Yeah, and it's hard, was reading the COVID arguments, it was hard not to get angry with that stuff. And not just because it's like frustrating and that the person's talking nonsense, but we're a year on and this stuff seems to still have like, or maybe it's more prevalent than ever. Maybe that's hard to say, I don't know. I, I think it definitely, anyway. I think because it's gone on so long, it's more prevalent because people are frustrated and finding, trying to find more comforting ways to be angry. Yeah, they're, yeah, well, exactly. They're looking for an explanation. And in rather, rather than them being sincere people who can look at a problem and think of their position, they've jumped to conclusions that are satisfying for them. Right? One of the quotes that I came up, it was like a Scottish guy, anti-lockdown COVID denier. He said, the data and the science are clear. COVID-19 is not a threat requiring us to lock down society and destroy the economy. COVID-19 is the equivalent 
of a bad flu season. The hospitals are not overwhelmed. They never were, nor ever will be. That guy said that. That guy wrote that on his little soapbox. And that's what he pedals to whatever, how many followers he has. It's probably not that many. And obviously that claim he's making is utter shit. Like it's so fucking easily refuted. That thing about it's the equivalent of a bad flu season. Recently, the big discussion has been on like excess deaths in the UK. The excess deaths figures totally refute that. Totally blow that shit out of the water. Like you were looking at in Scotland, a five-year average. And in 2020, the excess deaths has shot up like 10%. Maybe it's around 10%. And in Britain, excess deaths is like 80,000. That totally refutes what yeah, that the, guy the, said. The claim, the claim that if um, I read in loads of places that if we didn't know that COVID was a thing, we would still have the same amount of deaths just through flu, which is just just not true. I don't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are they talking about? Yeah, that is not the case. That is not the case. We're looking at like a five-year average, and 2020 is like above those years. And you can go back through history books and say, well, there's a big event that happened in like the first year of the Second World War. Yeah, there was fucking excess deaths then because a big event happened. You'd have to go back in time looking at events like that. That's why COVID stands out so, the COVID catastrophe stands out so blatantly because the excess deaths have now shot up. Mm. And it's the reason that the excess deaths is a good measurement <clears throat> because it's not just people who have died from COVID, it shows the knock-on effect COVID has. It's stressed public services. It's stressed the health service. Again, Again, I, mean, I don't want... That, that's the kind of main point of the, the lockdowns is that these, the, is the, the so that the, National Health Service won't collapse under the pressure. It's like the, the principal point of these lockdowns is just to, you know, keep afloat the NHS, even even like above kind of the spread of the virus, really. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I guess, like, I mean, <laughs> there seems to, again, this is what like the, the danger of these conversations is that they've made. The, the deniers make ludicrous claims that are pretty straightforward to refute. Like the, there's the, the evidence is out there, the facts are there. The evidence of your own eyes is out there. If you talk with somebody who's worked in the NHS, they can tell you right now that it's worse than it's ever been, that it's under stress. Like that's just like out there now. I guess the danger is though, it's like the, the it's not the, the, the ludicrous claims that they're making but it's like, why they're making those discussions? What's leading them in that direction? What's like, I mean, it, it, obviously on one hand, it's pure ignorance, but there's also like a, good, a great insincerity to it. You know what the, I, mean? I think that, for, I mean, all the basis of against the lockdowns are, they come from selfish places of people who want to, you know, an idea, live their own life and not have anyone to tell them how to live their life. Yeah, I mean, whereas in, a, whereas in a, in a, a society where right now we're going through something together that, that is all about being the opposite to that. The idea of you staying in the house and, and you know, only being out in contact with as little people as possible is a selfless act to, to save other people's lives. Is this like, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a kind of, there's been a kind of dissolving of kind of altruism in Britain. And a sense of community since like Thatcher said that society doesn't exist. These are like, you know, like that MP Desmond Swain. When he like, yeah, whenever yeah. there's like. Side buns. What? Side buns. Oh, yeah, very big fibers, <laughs> really eccentric Tory. Yeah. It's on the news every time they want someone to kind of, I don't know, rile against lockdown or increase measures, mm-hmm. kind of curb, curb mm-hmm. our freedoms, as he likes to call it. But he's he's a child. Of, he's like a follower of Thatcher. That's like that kind of. It's like that individualist mentality that eventually just kind of erodes. Kind of. Yeah, his his like. He's like that kind of libertarian guy who imagines no, like yeah. there being like no government. 
So you kind of yeah. wonder, like, how is his own position like tenable? Well, exactly. Like, no, he, that, that's that's he, what we're talking about, like uh, the kind of the insincerity of that, the insincerity he, of him him being an elected MP while yeah. kind of um, arguing against increased government power. It's yeah, like, I mean, surely he should just be out in like he, the cabin in the woods somewhere, like a total rejection of organized society. Like nobody's stopping him. Like if he wants to do that, just go and do it. Just go live out in the woods and leave everyone alone. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that insincerity you say—that's the idea of an agenda comes in because if there's an agenda behind this that isn't science-driven, that isn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, that is a complete insincerity. And I, whatever, I, like whatever, like research I did in, in these, like this like, Scottish group that are anti-lockdown, it was all driven by an idea that this was a communist totalitarian takeover. Yeah, and the reason that's that's like so easy to debunk as well, though that claim is easy to debunk because if this is a totalitarian takeover. The government have totally failed. <laughs> like <laughs> this is this was like an opportunity for the government to like extend its powers, to like put out its tentacles into every aspect of your life. What well, the failed? That has been a fucking disaster. Like this is this is if this is if this is the totalitarian takeover, we're getting off pretty fucking lightly. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, I found it. It's, it, it's probably insincere as well. To although that wasn't the, my my thought when I was, I'd first heard about it that people bringing up the idea of. Uh, lockdown and saying that this is pushing towards that communist sort of state and and bringing in like Alexander Solzhenitsyn and these gulag yep. uh, experiences and in the Soviet Union and and trying to draw parallels between between these things and that is that's a bit kind of a uh, over the top and <laughs> yeah but how, how can you make that argument when you've got Boris Johnson at the helms of number 10 he's like he's like this is the antithesis of communism. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. It really is. But it's like again, like there. If you want to criticize, there's like plenty of good criticisms of Nicola Sturgeon, but one of the criticisms is definitely not to call her a communist. Yeah. Like that is like that is just like that's like that's batting away like flies. It's nothing. Yeah. Don't criticize. Like, oh, you're a communist. And I'm not. I'm not a fucking communist. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, if you, there's like that's why these like these uh, deniers who feel like they're somehow like bucking the train, they're somehow like they are the opposition. They're not an opposition yeah. because they're just playing into the hands of they're, 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 they can best be described as useful idiots <laughs> because they're not actually making a criticism of the government. There's plenty of good criticisms of the government out there. They're making like non-criticisms. They're they talk about freedom. But they revel in unfreedom. That's how fucking. That's how warped that's, it is. That's <laughs> it's a fantastic example of a, a denier who was mentioning that um, the his agenda was sort of the the idea that this is a, an attack on Christianity, that science is starting to overtake the world, and he was pleading that um, that science was the bully and that religion was the was the expression of the humble man. And the expression of the man with humility. It's really strange to see a, a complete reversal of, uh, of, of outcomes there. Of kind of yes, yeah, claiming that their Christianity is going to be criminalised, and that anyone with humility would take the side of of a uh, little little plucky religion over the, the <laughs> over the bully that is science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not hard to see how these like arguments are coloured. Yeah. to match people's affections you know what i mean like the people have come at it with their own feelings their own agendas and that's colored the whole discussion yeah. and again yeah. i can't help but like i'm not like carl sagan's like biggest fanboy but when i was reading like his uh, one of his books it was like um what is it that he said it's like this person had a discussion against evolution but when you looked at who that person was, you saw they were like a Bible fundamentalist. And at that point, you're like, well, I don't have to listen to what you have to say anymore. You're fucking talking from your colored perspective that you have a religion that has infected your belief system on a, on a certain topic. So I don't have to listen to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. In terms I mean, of um, arguments, so for, <clears throat> because... I mean, there is arguments that we have to mention that are 
relevant, but not in the not in the sense of how we see them. Um, and I think in the one article that we read, um, the term mental health, which the, the author doesn't doesn't use himself, but that's that's what he went with. In terms of mental health and suicide, is being used as a reason against lockdown. Yeah, I mean, I totally, but it's like, yeah, you the guy bring the, there are definitely good discussion points in criticisms of the government and criticisms of lockdown. Plenty of them are around. To go at the like problem of mental health sincerely relies actually examining the topic and not just jumping to a conclusion that fits what you believe. Because that's 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 like the kind of like in that is what I'm saying is in this discussion the best we can do is not be those people who try to push an idea as such but rather just like examine the topic like mental health is a fucking shit show in Scotland it's been that way for quite a while and like the lockdown might exacerbate certain issues there's still lots of fucking evidence that has to come forward about that I remember there was something that said that young people who weren't at school and we're in lockdown, that their mental health actually improved. <laughs> like, there's different, I don't think, like, the one of the, like, the, like, the catch-22s and the contradictions is that the mental health aspect might not fully be understood for some years yet. Yeah. And again, like, one of the things I would always say is that, like, lockdown isn't the problem. The fucking virus is the problem. If we don't want to deal with the lockdown, the main drive should be to get the virus under control. A lot of like people, I think Donald Trump said that it's like, don't let the uh, don't let the cure be worse than a disease. There is some fucking truth to that, but don't focus in on lockdown. Lockdown's not the problem. The problem is the virus. That's like fundamental. Yeah, absolutely. I guess people that are railing against lockdown are doing it from a position of of maybe the the first thing you said, where this this is no worse than a, a bad flu, because to to not to not have that sort of argument backing up would be a uh, if they die they die sort of argument, I guess. Your, your only other <laughs> argument if let's come out of lockdown just now would be well, you know, people are going to die, <laughs> and that doesn't bother me too much. Yeah, yeah. Or you wonder maybe like you wonder how like. You wonder how deep their insincerity goes, or how deep their depravity goes, and they actually think like uh, the people who get weed, who, the people who die uh, during COVID are just like the weak. Yeah. Who are, they yeah. were they were due to get like weeded out, you know? They had it coming. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I bet it's, it's strange to think that what a motley crew of people you would find a anti-lockdown demonstration. Imagine where you could have. Tory MPs next to libertarians, next to Christian fundamentalists. Yeah, like a, a yeah. group turning up. It shows a yeah. it shows a close like uh, uh, these people are only going with what they see around the like in like Scotland, for instance. And I think they forget that this is around the world. There are, there are other countries who have dealt with the same mm-hmm. outbreak at the same rate as us, who haven't had anywhere near the same amount of deaths or even the same amount of cases. But that's ignored, even though that they've done things in a far more stricter lockdown, and that's hence why they aren't doing it anymore. That's mm-hmm. just ignored, completely ignored. Yeah, yeah. Again, like a willful, a willful ignorance. I think it's like they've, they they've sought out stuff that suits their worldview and kind of like tried to their best, their best to ignore everything else. That's, when I was thinking about this, there's. The, there was a thing that UNESCO said about um, information literacy should become like a human right. So information literacy is the idea that if you face someone with some information, they should be able to check its, its credibility, its reliability. Mm-hmm. They should have certain strategies that where where does this information come from? What could be behind it? But then there's a, there's a follow-up thing called epistemological beliefs. So epistemology is like the psychology of knowledge epistemological beliefs about your ideas of the nature and the value of knowledge and if you're brought up to just think that knowledge is an external thing that that's given to you by an outside source that can really color your 
the way that you apply any critical thought because you might think well critical thoughts not but there's no point in it because i know what the truth is it's fed to me through this certain avenue yeah or it's, um, it, it comes from this certain source and you can completely uh you can completely cut out all other sources of information or discount them offhand without looking into them if you don't uh, if you haven't somehow developed those skills which is not always a person's fault maybe the circumstances or or school yeah. yeah yeah i mean yeah this i think about like scientific illiteracy yeah. like people don't they like they or with like information they think it's it's some scientific thinking is something that someone else does like yeah. i don't when i'm presented with information and i'm not it's not really my responsibility to think critically about it it's just my responsibility to look at it and think, well, I like that or I don't like it. Yeah. You know, it maybe come down to just like how people, how people like what they see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, there's a thing where the development of epistemological beliefs they think goes in a certain direction, though it might miss out stages and it might not complete them all. But at the beginning, it is that idea of uh, being given, being given information by an outside source, and you not employing any critical thinking. And then, but then as it goes through, it gets to a, a certain stage where you realize that everyone has an opinion, but you haven't yet got the critical thinking to evaluate them. So you can't evaluate them, but there's opinions flying around everywhere. And you start mm -hmm. to give this idea that, well, every opinion's worthwhile and every opinion has some validity to it. And that's yeah. it. But if, and if you're already down some sort of um, conspiracy theorist rabbit hole, that's where I think things like QAnon come in, where you just, there's no way to understand QAnon because every single conspiracy theory that there's ever been that seems to be what the umbrella of QAnon is so they're just waiting for different <laughs> different conspiracy theories to come in they have no way, a way to evaluate what's right or wrong yeah well this 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 growth in like skepticism scientific skepticism contrarianism and like you know like uh, conspiracy theories comes from I think the, the like the mainstream media has a huge kind of role to play in this because you know, every time climate change is discussed, they'll, they'll bring in a, pa a panel of, you know, two folk who um, sort of like argue against climate change. And then two folk that, you know... Yeah, are on the fence. They're on the fence or like they just... Um, uh, One guy's got like a badge on that says like British Petroleum. He's like, I don't, I don't, I think, yeah, I don't exactly. think it's an issue. Yeah. But that, that's given like credence to like these a, a kind of... A, 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 like a, a kind of minority in a way because obviously yeah. like climate change deniers are in the minority people who believe covid is a conspiracy theory are in the minority the problem is the media kind of give them a level pegging with oh definitely it's like the it's truth, this, with the uh, truth it's like kind of about in their in their quest to have this kind of unbiased constantly yeah. balanced opinion i think they're kind of given unprecedented airtime to these fucking yeah, it's like the false, it's the false like impression of impartiality. Yeah. So it's like, I think it was like Channel 4, I don't think it was the BBC, I think it was like Channel 4 did a documentary when they went to America to speak with like uh, Black Lives Matter protesters. But in the interest of partiality, they also went to talk to the KKK. <laughs> And you're like, what? You're like, what the fuck are you doing? They're not, they're not on like equal pegging. If you want to talk about climate change, talk to like the climate scientists. Don't talk to the fucking spokesman from Exxon Mobil. Like, don't talk to fucking Royal Dutch Shell. Like, just talk to the fucking science scientist. And I suppose yeah, for someone at home that's maybe not, uh, not used critical thinker, not been taught critical thinker, not come across critical thinking in their own way. That what you're saying, Jamie, about the giving air, the same amount of airtime and the exact same platform to people could come across as, hold on, there's two opinions here. I don't really competing of views. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so I and that fueled with like the kind of growing kind of suspicion of experts and the scientific method. Yeah. If you're sitting on your computer on Twitter all night and your algorithm is just like constantly feeding you conspiracy theory. Yeah. videos and content you're only going to side with one of those opinions and it's going to be the you know the skeptics and the conspiracy it's going to be the loudest the most like colorful and the, exactly, most, like, yeah, the most appealing the most, like, and, and, and in a way it's like the simplest as well yeah oh definitely no, that's what it, i said it, it's it, like it, they're it, not like like those like these all encompassing conspiracies 
there might seem very like uh, convoluted and like detailed, but they're a lot simpler than the actual explanation. You know, it's like why are uh, why is like a, like uh, why are politicians like so corrupt? Oh, the explanation is because they're all like part of a secretive cabal. Like yeah. that's quite convoluted, but it's also like simplistic, just a pigeonhole like everything into like oh, why do they hate Trump? Oh, it's because it's like uh, they're fucking vampires. Like out to get Trump. Like, that's kind of that, that's <laughs> there's a, a reassurance. Obviously, there's always a reassurance in knowledge and thinking about you know what's going on and you know. And mm-hmm. there, but there is some comfort to be taken for the idea that there's this secret cabal rather than thinking of industries and, and the ins and outs of, of political lobbying and things like that. Or mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the complicated argument. The complicated argument is like, oh, why is Nicola Sturgeon like so shit? Oh, it's because she is like a politician in like a liberal Western democracy. Her job is to just keep the economy moving. Her job as in the executive of a modern state is to serve the economy. That's yeah. her only role. That's a lot more complicated than, oh, she's a communist. Yeah. Kind of trying to read about this stuff. I guess I kind of knew like maybe this podcast would be a little bit kind of like the echo chamber because we're all kind of like, I think one of us is going to have to start playing like devil's advocate just to like, <laughs> to wind us up. But, I um, definitely do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at this stuff, it just kind of, it did all boil down to like not what their claims were because their claims are just garbage. Yeah. It's like well, maybe, you, why, maybe you could strip it, it back and try to understand why they've come to these conclusions. Well, like, historically... Oh, sorry, on you go. No, no, on you go, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say that, but that comes down to the important point you made as well, I guess, of the the agenda pushers and the, and the people that are buying it, the the difference between why are, why are people buying it, but it will be an absolutely different reason that people are pushing it. People, people are pushing it for their own, their own self-worth to sound like they're saying something against the grain. Even though it's so selfish and it looks as insincere, it's it's something to say. Do, we, do we think this mode of thinking is on the rise, or more? Def- or definitely. That Scotland against lockdown group alone has over three thousand people. Now I'm not saying they're all. A lot of people are probably in it for the the laugh that is their Twitter page, but. Um, <laughs> A, a lot of people won't be, and like the more I looked in it today and looked at like I spent a lot of time on their social media, and it spread. The spread of it is is kind of scary. Um, mm. You know, people that you look back a wee bit, you, you wouldn't expect these people to be even like considering looking looking at these kind of groups, but they do because it's out of sheer frustration that you know whatever we've been doing for the last year hasn't worked. So you know, I have to rise against it. <laughs> Yeah, and they're looking for an explanation that kind of fits what they think, what they believe they know about the world. So they, I think, they know. I, I think I think this has got people who even, you know, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily even think these things. But then this, this this pandemic and all the conspiracy theories surrounding it has come at a time um, where social media plays a huge part in our lives and our how we access and gain information well yeah because like in the past in sorry jimmy in the past if somebody had a bad idea like maybe it spreads amongst their group maybe they can go to the pub and it like spreads like that but in like in this age if you've got a bad idea you can like put it online and then before you know it you're speaking with like the same guy in america who's got the same bad idea and now you're like a group and then like you understand that spreads quite well it's got a much wider a scope a much wider scope to get your ideas out there and they're all shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to know if if some for some people this is their first sort of a this is my <laughs> first, consumer, yeah. first conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, totally. This is... if, if this has been someone who's had a lifelong sort of seeking out, uh, a lifetime of seeking out alternate facts. Yeah, yeah, Alton, yeah. It makes you think, though, it's just like they'll, they'll never get tired of it because if they don't, if they're down that rabbit hole, 
there might never be a moment where they step back and be like, oh shit, maybe I've got this back to front. No, but I think that's almost impossible for, for some people because you have these like machine learned algorithms that like mm-hmm. feed you other conspiracy theories and other videos and more content about the that's same that's... or different conspiracy theories. It normalizes these discussions because yeah. you don't see um, anything 100%. else. Because it's going to be yeah. like complete, like the landscape of these people's social media platforms is going to be radically different from ours. But you know, you know, when you mentioned like how mainstream media is complicit. See, yeah. when you like ever find like an alt right or you just in like a, a hard right page on Facebook, they share articles not from right wing websites. They share articles from like the BBC or like mm-hmm. even from the Independent or the Telegraph or whoever. They can share mainstream articles to back up their position. Because yeah. like they can find a uh, common ground in mainstream media. Yeah. <laughs> mainstream media knows that maybe to sell their shit, they've got to appeal to these animals. <laughs> That's a, that when you're talking about the power of those algorithms, I'd never liked anything on Facebook that wasn't written by a friend or something like that. But as there was a bit of graffiti when MF Doom died on some wall in Philadelphia, and I liked it. And I swear to God, everything suggested for me now. On Twitter and Facebook, because they might do like that for about a week. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, God knows what happens if you like, you know, Sandy yeah. Hook was a, a load of actors. And there's no since since they are all like majority of these algorithms, these kind of corporate algorithms trying to sell you stuff are machine learned. There's no filter. No one's yeah. like going mm-hmm. through them, removing the false content or the fake yeah. news or whatever you want. It's like it's a kind of self-growing kind of Ouroboros or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's a kind of it's a, snake <laughs> a tube itself. from your like anus directly into your mouth. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. No filter. Unfiltered shit. I like the idea though of like uh, somebody who like somebody from who looks at the news, looks at all the COVID shit and says, listen, I don't believe a fucking word of that. But then yeah. somebody somebody turns him on to the fucking Scotland against the lockdown and he looks at that and says the fuck is that? I don't believe that either. <laughs> like how much like that that to me is a much more like honest position being like mate I don't believe the idiot in the pub. I don't believe the idiot on the telly. Nobody can tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a much more like fucking like <laughs> comprehensive position than just saying I don't trust the government you know, but see if I meet like a guy in a dark alleyway who gives me like a, an envelope with some fucking weird fucking symbols on it. Yeah, I'll fucking believe that shit. Yeah. There's, there's that quote. Like, like, the, the, the people who are like, they're, they, they believe conspiracy. Why does their skepticism not extend to the fucking <laughs> yeah. conspiracy? It's like we're against <laughs> the mainstream media. It lies to us. It's full of lies. The government can't trust them. But I'll go on a website. I'll listen to what somebody has to say. And I'll think, yep, oh, that, that guy's got it. Talk about like that desire to belief. That's the ultimate insincerity. I want to believe. I want yeah. to believe a thing. So I'm going to like, I'm going to convince myself that, oh, this is the one I'm going to go for. That's bad. <laughs> and then through the powers of kind of confirmation bias, you're seeking out all the information yeah. that you want to seek out. You're taking from articles what you want to take from them. You're, all you're doing is searching to, to reinforce that, that belief that you want to have. Yeah. Well, Again, like, 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 <laughs> sorry that, sorry go ahead that idea of like a what's the old quote about if you can't remember it's not that if you it might have been c.s lewis or, or or someone like that that had said if you it's not that if you don't believe in god you'll you believe in nothing you'll believe in anything you do kind of think hope there's a middle ground for people there like you <laughs> yes. say it's not it's not one or the other you hope their skepticism kicks in again at some point before they're faced with just taking in everything <laughs> you go through you go through that that Again, there's bits of the the articles and there's bits of the arguments that you you, you nod your head at and you go, yeah, okay, um, like suicide stuff, male health stuff, and then you go down and you get to like the the bit where about is like we're a groomed nation and this is going to be a totalitarian communist society, and you go, how did that? How did I get from people yeah. maybe thinking stuff and have you know and more more suicides to to being bent over and fucked by the KBG, like that—that that rings true. Yeah. Looks like about quote? like the 
<laughs> Essentially, <laughs> that yeah. Is true for Luke's point about insincerity there. So that guy's that guy's written his or, or whoever it is has written his final paragraph before he's written the rest of the article, and then he yeah. just, he's, he's filled it in with facts, and he's, he doesn't for a moment have any sincerity over the mental health. Uh, no, exactly. Like, just putting that in there, catch your eye, catch your yeah, yeah, and he's oh. using it to justify his his pre-written uh, conclusion. Okay. I mean, these, these people were believing this before. This is just COVID as an excuse to to put definitely these yeah absolute nonsense claims. Yeah, they've already like you just like they've already arrived at the conclusion, and everything has to fit that conclusion. So, like, if they reject the current explanations over COVID, you would ask them, like, well, what is your explanation for COVID? And their explanation would be, oh, the government's evil. The government's corrupt. That doesn't explain anything. There's an explanation for COVID that is out there. We're still working through it. It's still like an ongoing issue. But what's You deny it, what's your explanation? Oh, my explanation is that, oh, yeah, the fucking government. Don't you know the government's evil? It's like, well, no, you're not explaining anything there. That's like the creationist when, like, who denies evolution is asked to explain, well, how, how did life, how is life so abundant? What's going on with life on Earth? And the guy goes, well, God did it. Don't you know God did it? No, explain it. Fucking explain it. Have some courage and explain it. Not just like, oh, there's the government. It's like, fuck, there is the government. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> there, I, I, one of the quotes I got, like, uh, via um, Carl Sagan, it says, the foundation of morality is to give up pretending to believe that for which there is no evidence and repeating unintelligible propositions about things beyond the possibilities of knowledge. Like, if you claim to know something that we can't know, you're fucking immoral. If you see this weakness, you know, and that is in, in you know, politics especially, you don't have a kind of decisive answer. That doesn't go down well with the public. People see yeah. it as weak, kind of weak and wobbly. You know, it's, it's a <laughs> yeah. it's like kind of all yeah. or nothing way of uh, existing, really. It's like, can you go to hell and you die mm. on it kind of mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I get like I kind of tried to make that point, maybe it's like uh, stumbled over it a little bit, but the discussion is a lot more uh, fulfilling and like satisfying than just arriving at conclusions. Like the the means to an end thinking should just be thrown in the bin, and it should be the means that we're like focused on. Yeah. Although the problem with that is if everyone does it, everyone will have a podcast. <laughs> 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 right next. So what? Right, what? Where do we? What? Where do I was going to think. I, I was. Right. I was on that. On that. Like, no, I was going to talk about these guys. Obviously, they were warning about like totalitarian takeover, but more generally, they were warning about the threat of tyranny. And really, like the best. Again, like the best. Re, the best rebuttal we can give to that is to present ourselves as people not living under tyranny and present ourselves as people like say kind of more like just thinking differently thinking like completely differently from them their their thoughts because they can't think of an alternative or because they're hemmed in by their conspiracy beliefs they're the ones living in tyranny they're the ones that are living in unfreedom they're already in the fucking shit and they don't know it yeah that's true yeah self-imposed tyranny yeah so the guy was like as soon as the government says listen you can't go to tesco's and like you don't have you know i can't go to tesco's anymore or imagine the government says that you're like you're stuck in your house or you can't go out lockdown essentially they think that's tyranny they haven't yet considered that their fucking inability to think critically is a tyranny of itself yeah I was, I was, they're I was not going to fucking like that. I tell you what, any fucking COVID denier listening in, they're not going to fucking like that. Like, you bastard, man. Right, right. Um, I like that. I so, was talking to someone earlier who was talking about the the gulag sort of example, and this guy is just living on his own, totally isolated, and he's like, I don't get that. I would... If I would prefer to be in a gulag with like all my pals right now, <laughs> and just yeah. in my own flat, not allowed to go out. <laughs> Give me the gulag. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's ever cons- not even considered yet the the fucking benefits of the gulag. <laughs> the gulag but again, yeah. a lot. I thought of those like uh, 
a lot of these people, like their their sources, the source they went to was uh, Solzhenitsyn, and yeah. it's like he's kind of like okay, there's like a, something there to be read, but a lot of people look at that stuff now and understand it for what it was. Yeah. It was like one guy basically selling his story that was totally gobbled up by the West. Yeah. Like they were quoting like Solzhenitsyn speaking at Harvard or Yale. Well, why was he invited to Harvard or Yale? It's because he had a fucking anti-Russian message that was really, really fucking like uh, demanded in America. Like they wanted that anti-Russian shit. Yeah. So it's like Solzhenitsyn made a fucking probably made like made bank selling yeah. that story. I'm not saying it's not true. Like there will yeah. absolutely be like truth in the Gulag Archipelago, but fucking hey, Solzhenitsyn became a propaganda tool in America. Yeah. Again, they're not gonna fucking like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's predictable sources that come out of these things like Solzhenitsyn and. And Kierkegaard's the other one, the idea of, of personal freedom over objectivity, the fact that the objective has to be enslaved by what you feel, what, what your, your, the phenomenon of existence is to you, the subjective, looking out of your two eyes, uh, matters more than what the objective truth is. It's, they're pretty predictable sort of sources that get rolled out. Yeah. Have you read that thing? It was like, man is born free, but is everywhere in chains. It was like a French Republican, like, bell, yeah. like Rousseau, I think it was. Uh, what he meant by that, I might, I might be completely wrong, but I mean, it's only a podcast, not the case. Um, <laughs> man is born free means that you are born in like a state of nature. Yeah. And that's like freedom, but that's actually an awful way to live the much better way to live is not in a state of nature but actually in the conditions that people make okay, and yeah. so the unfreedom in that is then that the societies that people make just aren't good enough at giving people like the necessities of life or giving them a uh, the kind of best opportunities the best a uh, possible the best like opportunity for possibility it's a bit of like a obscure way of saying it but um yeah, you're born free, but you are then in a, you're born free in like a tyrannical nature. And then you're living in a society where people working together can produce the best things available, but we've just failed at that. Yeah. Whereas like, I mean, I think Rousseau wrote that in a book that is like a blueprint for totalitarianism. So I mean, like, that's but that's used like that's totalitarianism, not as in like a critical sense. That's totalitarianism actually being like a way you can construct society yeah. along along fucking like concrete principles. Yeah. yeah Again, that argument. I, I don't think the argument really exists now in any real sense. Like totalitarianism is a total pejorative. Like if you say totalitarianism, folk are like, oh, geez, they got they, they they fucking think North Korea or some shit. Yeah. But the idea that it just kind of touches upon an idea of freedom, like freedom isn't freedom is not going out to live in the woods. Freedom is fucking living in a modern city with fucking running water and electricity. That's freedom. Yeah. You're a lot more free living in society than you are fucking living in the Amazon rainforest where you're going to fucking die age 36. That yeah. sounds quite good, though, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the podcast. That's not getting edited out. <laughs> Wow. I didn't understand like within these deniers talking about freedom they, I didn't really understand at all their concept of freedom their concept yeah. of freedom was I get to I get to uh, partake in the marketplace I get to go out and buy shit yeah. that was or I get to like that, that was their understanding of freedom I didn't extend any further than that they didn't have any real concept of like well what is like what is the citizen what is society it was basically like well i can't go out anymore i'm in my house i don't have any freedom like well <laughs> that, is, that is the argument that um and i'm only free if i can do what i want when i want that's never been the case for a modern society but like you can't just well, yeah, do what you when you want yeah, ever. yeah you wouldn't want to live in a society where everyone's just doing what they want of course, like yeah. freedom that compromise and, and, and yeah 
Oh, exactly. No, compromising is like a huge thing. It's like, yeah, you have, you've just, you decided to make a trade. I'm going to trade. I can live in the woods and I can do whatever the fuck I want, or I can make a trade and I can swap that natural freedom, that state of nature. I can swap that for living in an organized society. And the benefits of an organized society greatly outweigh the benefits of living out in the fucking woods on your yeah. own. Well, it's, it's if you want to go live out... Zizek kind of uh, is an advocate of the kind of like um, the idea of like bureaucracy. So he says, yeah. I feel like he wants to exist in, a, like, in bureaucratic socialism because he wants to just sit on his bed all day writing, yeah. writing books instead of like yeah. making sure that he's got like running water. Yeah, you know, I've, 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 yeah, I've heard him say that as well. It's like as long as like when I run the tap, water comes out. As long as like when I flick the switch, the light comes on. As long as that happens, I'm fucking perfectly happy. Like yeah, that's exactly. that's like that's all I'm really like. That's a trade. I'm willing to I'll live in this society, and that's a trade that I'll make. It's like, it's like it's, an, it'll be a, a compromise in, in some way. That's what. Oh, absolutely, no, absolutely a compromise. Yeah, absolutely a compromise. I think that's like a word that like Rousseau uses in like his. Uh, a treaties, I can't remember what it's called. Um, the rights of man, something nah, that's something else. Um, yeah, it's like it's definitely a compromise. You're making a trade between the state of nature, how man used to exist, and what we have now. But not what we have now, what we can possibly build, what like people working together, cooperating can actually do. It makes you think of the COVID deniers, though, who are saying who don't who maybe do not want to live in organized society. If they don't, then just fuck off. (laughs) Just go fucking live in the woods somewhere. Just do it, you know? Like, every, like, when I got, when I read that guy uh, writing in Scotland, COVID denier and a lockdown, I got the feeling that he was just like a little middle class, bourgeois morality, countercultural guy who, and that was his, like, that was always like his intention. Like, I'm pissed off with the world. I'm going to isolate myself as far as I can. Well, fine. Can I, like, can't actually argue against that in any real sense. Yeah, separate yourself off from society. Like, ideally, don't talk to anyone ever again. <laughs> delete your Twitter <laughs> Just yeah. fucking delete. Yeah, get, get rid of the internet, mate. Like, it's, just get rid of it all. Like, yeah. If he gets sick, well, there's no medicine for him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shit them. Honestly, you know how that you know how that discussion goes. Just send him to the gulag. It'll, it'll be good for him. It would do him a favor. He needs the re-education. Just get him to the gulag. If we, you know, for for not refuting the points. Because... Yeah, but, but you know, yeah, but I think this is this is a this is a much better discussion than just refuting the points because yeah. we, we're all on the same page. We can't just go through like, oh, fucking a uh, COVID was invented in like a Chinese lab. Well, what are we going to do? Like refute that? Like it wasn't. <laughs> like there's no fucking evidence. If you want, if somebody wants to say that there was, and like show the evidence, a lot of the shit that came out with like people talking about the the lab in China. And like the business relationships that that lab has with like Pfizer, all they were describing was capitalism. They weren't describing a conspiracy. All they were saying was that some big businesses work together, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah, we, yeah. I, I think I think the the argument that you know churches are being closed but brothels are still open is something. <laughs> well, yeah, that's capitalism, isn't it? It's like well, brothels are far that, more profitable nowadays. Than that was the thing, and, and talking about churches and synagogues. But what are you talking about? The whole brothel, like the brothels are open. Are there like licensed brothels in Scotland? I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. Like, there's definitely saunas, and the saunas yeah. are essential for uh, health and well-being. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've yet, I've yet to he- sorry, I've yet to hear somebody like ring in like Jason Leach and be like, "Hello, I run a brothel." <laughs> you know, Lisa <laughs> is doing like a minute. Like, you fucking run a brothel, me. Yeah. Very illegal. Well, let's going back to my point where like the whenever there was a new lockdown or more more measures implemented, the media ran out to find small business owners who, oh, yeah. you know, and that the, kind of that um, amazing line that was like oh this will be you know the last nail in the coffin of my business and it's yeah. like 
the irony is lost in you because it's been the literal last nail in the coffin, the literal coffin, <laughs> for a hundred thousand people nowadays. So what? Like, yeah. Instead of going like, I wish like the BBC are especially bad at this. I wish instead of doing that, like yes, yeah, I shame that your coffee shop was shut down. I feel bad mm-hmm. for you. But instead of going that, just like go to a ward and just like stick a camera on and show these people hooked up to these machines who are struggling yeah. to breathe. Yeah. You know, don't, don't try to balance that with some bougie coffee shop going under. Because again, it's, yeah. like, it's not on the same level. I don't, yeah. Freedom is your ability to go out and buy coffee. If they take that from you, Jamie, it's fucking communism. It's totalitarianism yeah. if you can't get your coffee. That's the bigger the bigger threat than actually people dying. It's exactly. I know it's like it's that's like a, like it it does kind of make you angry with this shit. Like been a year now, and there's no end in sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'm trapped it? in my house with all my things <laughs> <laughs> against lockdown. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to play like Animal Crossing like twelve hours a day. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a I was watching a, a video today about China. There's there's there a recent like festival in Wuhan, and they were having there was like a da- they're all dancing in the street in this video, and they were like um, like the British media like oh isn't it amazing that you're allowed to do all these things and they were just like I well we just did what we were fucking told like a year ago and they were sound. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they were showing uh. the videos of of it back then and like the city was shut down and. Um, there was like armed, well, armed well, police like suckling the city, and you were you're allowed that you got like a time, an hour a day to go and get shopping and that. Yeah, and that was it. I was, I'm like, it was over. Yeah. I mean, but you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself the question though: Do you want to live in a society where the state can like knock up a hospital in six days, or do you want to live in a society where you can share memes on Twitter? Like, which is better? Which is fucking more important to you? <laughs> Obviously, it's memes on Twitter. Like, fuck the hospital. <laughs> I was hearing like from like uh, someone in Vietnam, and they were like, "The army are everywhere. Like on the beach, there is a an army guy every like fifteen yards." Yeah, and you're like, "That's unimaginable." But then you're like, "Well, that's a country of like a hundred million people. The army is like a hundred. <laughs> the army is like pretty fucking sizable. Like they could they, they deploy the army into big cities, and people can't do fucking like people are under." That's fucking the total. That, that's the fucking shit that they're really terrified about. But again, COVID deaths in Vietnam, it's like thirty people. Thirty people. Yeah. They do. They just do what they're told. Just, we're just we're like, oh, they do what they're told. Or someone's going to bash their fucking skull in. Like the, <laughs> the, there's a there's a fucking there's a, there's a, if there's a guy, if there's I heard the story of like uh, this person. He's a Westerner, obviously. He, he left his house without his mask, and he tried to get into a supermarket in Vietnam. If there's a fucking guard at the door with a three foot club and he's coming towards you, you don't fucking start whinging about your freedom. You go home and get your fucking mask. And then you come back and the guard says, Oh, welcome into the shop. <laughs> I've only recently heard in, in, in the media reports about these fines being handed out to people in Britain. I don't know if that's something that's always happened, but it seems to be complaints. Yeah, they're, they're trying to ramp that up now. The fine's like 10 grand. Like, yeah. That's pretty severe. Send you to the debtor's prison. You know, uh, two hundred pounds on the spot if you're if it's like a kind of minor. Yeah, I think ten. I think ten grand can be if people are having house parties or things like that. Mm, mm. Two hundred pounds. What do, you, what do you think the prevalence? What do you think? Like, is it possible that one of like the main spreaders in Scotland is people can't go to the pub? So whenever there's a sporting event, people are just going into somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I think, and this is this my my stance from the beginning. And again, what they did in China and still doing in China, and as you say, Vietnam, is that we we're at a point now where it's it's gone too far, and the 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 vaccinations and the immunity is going to come from most likely either you getting COVID and getting over it, rather than you being vaccinated. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because of the, and that's only because of the state. That we're in because of the spread whereas that's what they, they were peddling that at the start that's what exactly like, herd immunity that's exactly it yeah but a year ago when you know why didn't we do what everyone else did and just like considering we're a very small island <laughs> with a small population considering other countries we, mm-hmm. if we just shut everything down for the two weeks or a month 
like China did. This is <laughs> this would even be a conversation. We'd be talking about everyone. Well, we'd be like geographically, like we've got a kind of similar situation um, compared to New Zealand, and they've handled it arguably the kind of the best. My, so my, my, my cousin's in New Zealand and a guy I work with, his son's in New Zealand and for, I think it was three weeks was their, their initial lockdown, the same time as ours I think there was, there was before us um, and it was, just a, it, was, it was just a full scale, everything was shut you weren't allowed to leave your mm. house one person had to go and get like food and whatever like, like for three weeks and then that, that was it though and, and in New Zealand, they looked at like the airports was a big thing. Like they, sh- like if you came into the country, you were going into quarantine. They shut down international flights and even internal flights. So, and anybody who was in the country or arriving in the country, it was like quarantine in a COVID hotel. Like repurpose a hotel. But you had you had to pay for it out of your own pocket as well if you wanted to come across. You had to put yourself up for two weeks in a hotel. I mean. Which made sense There's because like, you're you're also you're supporting the owners of these hotels <laughs> as well, you know. I know. Like, like, this, the kind of, like COVID is like is out of control in Britain, but it's not as if the solutions are like unimaginable. Like there's examples. I thought you mentioned New Zealand. There's examples of what can be done to like stop people dying, but it's just like in Britain, we're like not <laughs> can't, can't happen. It's a mystery. It's one of the ones that really like. Sorry. Oh, no, so I was going to say, you, you hope so that people that are now peddling the idea that, look at this, lockdown hasn't worked, it's been a year, are not the same people that were insincere about about actually engaging with the lockdown and following rules. You hope that those those are two different camps, but they're oh. people who completely flouted rules and now point to it yeah. and say, what the hell? You told us if we just locked down, it would uh, this would pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like the person that's riding those bike who like puts his like the stick like in his spokes and like front flips over. It's like, ah, my knee! You fucking trip me up. You tripped yourself up, man. <laughs> you look at the example in America. There was like those lunatics that the, the BBC filmed that was like they were breaking lockdown, and she was like, "I need to get to the supermarket to buy my hair dye." And you're like, "Night, man. It's like you're putting you're out there spreading the virus. Essentially, you're breaking lockdown to go and get hair dye." Because yeah. you're God-given right to go and get hair dye. You saw those like those COVID like uh, sorry lockdown breaking events in America. People like deliberately out to break lockdown. There's no doubt there's some some fucking lunatics in Scotland who like think the same way, do the same thing. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a link as well because of the the Black Lives Matter movement. There's there's people in all over the world who because they don't agree with that movement. Um, thought well, if they can go out and protest, I'm going to protest against them. Be able to protest. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, see, at that Trump rally, there was an anti, anti, anti Antifa. Uh, yeah, anti Antifa. It was like you need to like reduce that fraction. You know, it's like you yeah. need to you need to like figure out what and what you're not. Um, yeah. yeah. Chris yeah. brought up the brilliant idea that, that he'd saw on a news piece or, or somewhere a, a a man beating up a police officer with a blue lives matter flag. On Reddit, like saying this just proves the, the, a an example like that just proves brilliantly that um that your your blue lives matter flag never meant that it meant I don't care about black people <laughs> that's what exactly yeah 100 yeah exactly Trump, yeah. The, the, the president that tried to label himself the president of law and order has mm-hmm. seen the country just fucking fall apart it's like that kind of central irony <laughs> oh yeah like, yeah like for a long time like donald trump the leader of america the free world they call it like called it the was it the, the china flu the China virus. It, it didn't exist. Like, it was a myth. Like, Tried to downplay it. it, yeah. Actually same, with, same with Boris. Like, I, I, Boris was, you know, in shaking hands with all these people in the ward, and then two weeks later, he's in intensive care, struggling to breathe. How uh, was he, though? Was he, Jamie? Ah, uh, nothing. <laughs> must have been. He looked like shit. He, he, he always looks like shit. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's yeah. a problem with them. Um, the kind of one of the main issues with how Britain and this government has dealt with this virus is the kind of, I've written it down, the, the kind of toxic positivity 
and like Boris Johnson's obsession with being liked. You know, he's always looking for the kind of light at the end of the tunnel. He's like, that came apparent um, when they kind of run up to Christmas. And you're saying like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to have a normal Christmas. Um, and then it was like, oh, you're not going to have a normal Christmas, but you know, you can do what you want for five days. Until it goes to like, <laughs> what, five days before Christmas and he has to implement another lockdown. But yeah. that, these figures, these kind of like actual clowns and buffoons who are like riddled with this toxic positivity Mm-hmm. do not do well in these crises yeah. you want someone like a really horribly grumpy doer you know someone like Gordon Brown <laughs> I think, there's, I think there's, there's a bit of it where the, because the media give light to these groups that they are trying to appease them as much as everyone else yeah the media is one thing but you're like the government Boris Johnson should be on like every night saying things are awful people are dying people right. are struggling to breathe in, yeah. in, 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 in intensive care he should have just done that for months and months and months and I think that Surely that would have like sunk, sunk in. With yeah, big, big, big sections of the population. Nicola Sturgeon is awful at coming out with her just like petty nationalistic positions that are ultimately like yeah. about Scotland kind of being this one thing and that we're going to be all right. See if Nicola Sturgeon came out and said, uh, "Why are poor people?" more likely to get COVID than rich people. See, she actually made, like, socially conscious, class-conscious arguments. It'd be a completely different idea. It'd be like the virus is something that is affecting, that affects different classes in society differently. There'd be a discussion in there. It'd be interesting for one. But she's like, because she's a nationalist, it's petty nationalism. She's got to, like, Scotland has, like, got to be this uh, fortress against the virus. It's fucking a disaster. Total that, disaster. That discussion on, about poverty is gaining traction, but that's only through Marcus Rashford and figures like outside of, poli- yeah. of, of politics. It's Rashford again! Rashford!